Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us today. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, we thank you so much, oh Lord God, for this day and this time that we have with you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, oh Lord God, that the this message shall go to the north and to the south and to the east and the west, oh Lord God. Let it go forth, oh Lord God, so that this message will just cover the land, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord. I, I pray that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is here today, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Speak to their hearts, open their minds and their eyes and their ears that they may see and hear and understand, oh Lord God, what your word is saying. We praise you, Lord God. Just magnify thy name and give it all to you for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. I'm Pastor Mike here. And I just want to start off by saying, you know, and I'm sure you, sure you are very much aware of it, that we are living in such politically charged times um, that many times I've heard the question asked, you know, should a Christian, uh, how should a, a Christian view politics? You know, how does, does politics involve us, our lives as a Christian? And if there is anything that can spark a spontaneous debate, if not just an outright argument, these days, it is a discussion involving politics, uh, even among believers, even among Christians. It can wind up getting into a hot debate and even an outright argument. But it is important for us not to live with our heads in the sand, because whether or not we are involved, whether or not we are involved, these matters going on in the world today, in our countries, in our cities, and in our states, they impact our lives while we are here on earth, even us Christians. We, it, things that are going to impact our lives. As followers of Christ, what should be our attitude, okay? As followers of Christ, what should be our attitude and our involvement with politics? It has been said that religion and politics don't mix. I'm sure you've heard that expression. But is that really true? Is it true that religion and politics don't mix? Can we have and agree with political views outside of the principles of our Christian faith? The answer is a resounding no. We cannot. We cannot. The Bible gives us two truths regarding our stance towards politics and government. The first truth is that the will of God permeates and supersedes every aspect of life, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. Okay, the will of God permeates okay, every single aspect of our lives, whether you are a believer or not. It is God's will that takes precedence over everything and everyone in accordance with Matthew 6.33. Seek you first the kingdom of God first, and all these other things will be added unto you. God's plans and purposes are fixed. His will cannot be violated. Understand that. God's will cannot be violated. Whatever God's purpose is, and we don't always know what that purpose is, but whatever God's purpose is, he will bring it to pass. And no government can thwart his will. And of course, to Daniel 4, 34 and 35, you can go check that out. In fact, it is God who sets up kings and deposes them. Again, I quote from Daniel 2, 21, because the most high is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Daniel 4, 17. Secondly, secondly, we must grasp the fact that a government, a government cannot save us. Okay. 
No man-made government can save us. No matter what country, city, state, or, or province that you live in, no man can save us. No man-made government can save us. Only God can. Only God can. All right? And that applies to you whether you are a believer or a non-believer. Okay? Only God can save things. All right? We never read in the New Testament, not once, of Jesus or any of the apostles spending any time or energy teaching or preaching to believers on how to reform the pagan government of the pagan world that was so idolatrous, immoral, and corrupt, and full of corrupt practices. You didn't see Jesus or the apostles ever talking about that, okay, that we need to look at how we're going to transform the government of the day. The apostles never called for believers to demonstrate civil disobedience to protest the Roman Empire's unjust laws or brutal schemes, all right? Let me repeat that. The apostles never called for believers to demonstrate in civil disobedience to protest the Roman Empire's unjust laws or brutal schemes that were prevalent of the day. Instead, what they did, the apostles commanded the first century Christians, all right, the first century Christians, as well as us today, as applies to us today, okay, that we should, should proclaim the gospel and live lives that give clear evidence to the gospel's transforming power, okay? Right? That was the instruction. It applied back then, and it applies to us now. There's no doubt, however, that our responsibility to government is to obey the laws and to be good citizens. And you can read that in Romans 13, verses 1 and 2. Okay? Matter of fact, why don't we go there real quickly? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Romans, Romans 13. Romans 13, 1 and, 1 and 2. Thank you, Jesus. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are that that be are ordained of God. Whatsoever, whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Okay? So it's clear there that God is telling us here that we should be subject unto the higher powers. Okay, now I'm going to get into that because right away you're saying, oh boy, now what is Pastor here trying to tell us now that we should just blindly go and following, you know, whatever the higher powers, man's higher powers are telling us to do. All right? God has established all authority. All right? I'm going to lay this out in this, in this message. So don't get, don't get turned off. All right? All right? God has established all authority. And he does so for our benefit. And Paul tells us in Romans 13, 1 through 8, that it is the government's responsibility to have some authority. Okay? Paul says, it is the government's responsibility to have some authority and should govern in line with God's will and hopefully for our good to collect taxes and to keep the peace. All right? There were tax collectors in Jesus' day. As a matter of fact, Matthew was a tax collector. If you recall, he was uh, uh, Matthew was at work, so to speak, and Jesus came by and said, come and follow me. All right. So Matthew was a tax collector. And also, you have to remember that Jesus said to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. OK. All right. So Jesus was saying there that we have to obey, obey the law. All right. Laws are there for a good reason. You don't go speeding on the highway. I mean, there's reason that we have speed limits and there's other laws that that uh, that we have on the books that God expects us to follow it because that's what he wants us to do. OK, because God has ordained certain things to be. All right. And we're going to get we're going to get into what those things are. OK, there are tax collectors then there are tax collectors now and God expects us to obey where we have a voice and can, elect our, and can uh, select our leaders. 
we should exercise that right by voting for those who best demonstrate Christian principles. Okay. All right. All right. We should exercise, exercise that privilege that we have in this country and anywhere else in the land where voting is indeed a privilege. But understand one thing, please. Okay. That, that as a ministry, as a ministry, I cannot advocate for any political party. Not, it is not my intent to advocate for any political party. I'm simply saying that we should vote with Holy Spirit guidance. Okay. Okay. We as Christians, we should be involved because we want this world to go the way that God wants it to be. And we do have a voice as Christians, and I'm not advocating for any political party. All I'm saying here is that we need to make sure that we are looking at who is, who is espousing and talking about, 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 uh, about God's way of life, about Christian values. Okay, We do have that responsibility as Christians. Now, this is key, and please understand this also. Leaders should be demonstrating God's will, okay? Leaders should be demonstrating God's will. And if they are, God expects us to follow the laws of the land. But if they are not following God's will and want us to go in a direction that would take us away from our Christian values and our Christian faith and our Christian responsibility, we should not follow those directives, as simple as that. Okay. Okay. We can go along and we can follow. I mean, we, we may, we may dislike some of the things that we're hearing out there and so forth, but, but we had the, the key is, is what is being asked of me? What is being mandated of me? Is it against God's will? Is it, is it against what the word of God tells me? And more importantly, what does Holy Spirit tell me here? What does Holy Spirit tell me? As we go forward in this time, we need to make sure that we are listening and that we are well-versed in what the Word of God says so that we can make some, some choices in terms of how to go about our, our business. Amen? Amen? So we have to follow God's laws until we, uh, we have to follow man's laws until it gets to the point that is taking us away from what the Word of God tells us to do. Okay? And we can see that by, by going to Daniel 3. Let's go to Daniel, the book of Daniel. Chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now would be a good time to say, if you don't have your Bible, hit the pause button, run and get your Bible, and maybe a, a pad, something to write on, and a pen, or a pencil or pen, uh, and, 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 and take some notes and underline these scriptures in, in your Bible, because it's important for you to know that this is what God is saying. Okay? Not my opinion. This is what God is saying. Amen. So Daniel chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Okay. So we have this king that erects this huge, this huge uh, uh, statue of himself. Okay. Three, uh, three score cubits. That's about 90 feet. Okay. And the breadth of which was six cubits. Uh, that's about, uh, about nine feet. Okay. So this thing is huge. Nine feet tall. Now, by modern standards, uh, one uh, ten feet equal about a story in a building. Uh, one story in a building is about ten feet. Okay, so you figure that's a, that's as tall as a nine-story building, and it's set up in this plane. So therefore, this thing could be seen from everywhere, as in plain sight. An image of himself. He set it up. Then it says in verse number two, the Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs and all of the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. 
Then the princes, the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all of the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Okay, so all of these officials, in other words, they all gathered around. Okay, all of the officials gathered around in preparation for the dedication of this statue that Nebuchadnezzar had put up. And then, then a herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages. Okay, this is what he's broadcasting to everyone now, all right? All of you, you people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that you fall down and worship, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Okay, so in other words, when you hear this music in all of the land, when you hear this music playing, then this is your signal for you to stop what you're doing and bow down and to start worshiping this image of Nebuchadnezzar. And whoso, verse number six, and whoso falleth not down and worship shall, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Okay. So in other words, they gave a mandate. They gave a mandate. They said, this is what you shall do. This is what you shall do. Okay, and at the appropriate time, at the signal here, you have to bow down. You have to you have to comply. You have to fall into obedience here. And if you do not fall into obedience, what does it say in verse six? Whosoever falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Okay, if you don't comply, there's a penalty. If you don't go along with what the king is saying, there's a penalty. Okay. Then it goes on to say in verse number seven, therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, that all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Okay. So the mandate was out there. When the music played now, all of the people, all of the nations of all languages, they complied and they bowed down to this image. Okay, they bowed down to this image of a man. They gave in. In essence, they worshiped an idol and they worshiped an idol. And Nebuchadnezzar is so puffed up himself. I mean, this is this is the epitome of, 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 of arrogance. It's the, the epitome of, of, of pride. Okay, to bow down and to worship me. And if you don't, there's going to be a penalty. Okay. All right, and then it says, wherefore, in verse number eight, wherefore at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree. He's reminding him. Okay, okay, king, don't forget, you are the king and you made a decree. In other words, so you, you, you're a big man. You made it, you, you're the king now, okay? Remember, you're the king and you made a, made a decree. That every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, so fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship it, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, see, that now they're, they're ratting. They're ratting on, they're telling on those who did not obey. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Okay. So because of the fact that you didn't comply with this mandate, 
they did not comply with the mandate. They refused to worship this idol. You have those around them that decided to rat them out. They decided that, that we're going to tell the king that there are those out there who are living in disobedience to your decree. There are those out there who are refusing to go along with the mandate. There are those out there who are refusing to go along with the mandate. Okay. All right. So then it goes on to say in verse number 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Okay. So in other words, now, if we decided that we're not going to go along with some mandate because what they're telling me to do is against the word of God, it's very possible that there would be others that are around you, maybe some family members, maybe some co-workers, some people in school or whatever, someone in your neighborhood are also going to blow the whistle on you. You're going to blow the whistle and say, guess what? You know, the so-and-sos, the Joneses living over there, they're not going along with the mandate. They're not going along with what they're supposed to be doing, what you decided that they should do, that you should bow down and worship their idols. Okay. Now, there are many ways that we've we've had this uh, uh, this talk before by way of these broadcasts. There are many ways that you can have an idol in your life. Many ways. I, I, I doubt very, 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 very much that we will ever be called to bow down before a 90 foot image of someone of another man. I doubt very, very much. But there are other things that can be placed in our lives that we should not be bowing down to and should not be giving into as Christians. As Christians. Okay? And 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 the penalty for such could be that a next door neighbor, a family member, or a friend or someone else could wind up ratting you out if that structure was put in place to say that if you know of anyone that is not obeying this mandate, then you should indeed you know you know you know uh, drop a dime to the police or, or or send a note, an email to the to the local uh, newspaper, or do something, but rat them out. You see. So, so, so we see here what is going on here, where here this was a, a man that was so prideful and so arrogant that he wanted everyone to bow down to worship and to do whatever it is that he told them to do, told them to do. Okay. We're living in turbulent, turbulent times, saints of God. As Jesus continues to tarry, we don't know what else is going to be coming down the pipe. But if you are a living, breathing human being today, I'm sure there are some things that you are not satisfied with what is going on. Whether you're a Christian or not. So the question is, is is how far do we go? How far do we go? We as believers, we have to have some sort of a guideline, a red line, which says, okay, now I will obey man's laws. But the minute you start telling me to bow down to things that I should not be bowing down to, I'm going to stand up and say otherwise. Right. This is not meant to be a political message to you, saints of God. This is meant to be that this is about your life and your lifestyle, your life and the life of your family members, because we do not know where things are, are heading as Jesus continues to tarry. We simply do not know. We know what's going on now. We have likes and dislikes and so on like that, but we don't know what's coming down the pike. So what is our red line in the sand? Okay. 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 How long do we give in to mandates that may not be exactly in line with the will of God or in line with God's word for us? Amen. Amen. So we see here that they said now, um, 14 again, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 14, uh, uh, do not you serve my gods? Do not you serve my gods? Do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? 
Now he's questioning them directly. You mean to say you, you, you're not worshiping my image? You don't serve my gods? You, you, you don't go along with the things today that are, are politically correct? You don't go along with the language or the belief that others are going along with? In your heart of hearts, when you go to bed at night, you strongly disagree but you will not say anything because you simply want to go along to get along. Is what you're hearing counter to the word of God? Is what you're hearing counter to what you're feeling in your gut where Holy Spirit is telling you, no, you should not go down that path or don't get sucked into that? Okay. He asked them, verse 14 again, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not you serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Verse 15 says, now, if you be uh, if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the music, the psaltery and and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, this is a good thing, the good thing. But if you worship not. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Wow, he's really giving them a powerful ultimatum. If you decide to bow down and worship, all is good. But if you do not, if you do not, then you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning furnace. And who is this God that shall save you? Okay. Okay. So that's, so that's a question for, for, for us today. If there is an ultimatum ever put before us, you know, will you do this or will you not? Are we going to trust God to save us? Are we going to trust God to save us? Again, we don't know where things are, go- are, are going. We don't know to the extremes uh, in which man can go in this modern age. We do not know the extremes that man can go in this modern age to come up with more mandates and more requirements and things that we should be doing. More and more things that normally are deemed to be to, to be wrong is now considered right. All right. And those things that are normally considered right are now being deemed as wrong. You know, so what if we as Christians wind up on the wrong side of the equation? What do we do in this modern age? Okay. Okay. The word of God, Paul said, and you can go to those scriptures I mentioned in Romans. Paul said, yes, obey man's law. But how far do we go? Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Yes, indeed, that which belongs to him. Okay. But when it comes down to the word of God and worshiping, and us doing what Holy Spirit is telling us we should or should not do. Okay. Do we bow down? Do we bow down? All right. He also goes on to say in 16, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. But that means that we don't care to answer you. Okay. Okay. We're not careful to answer thee in this matter. Okay. We, we, in this, in this matter. In other words, we, we don't really care about that. You know, we don't, we're not, not concerned. Okay. Because he goes on to say there and said, verse 17, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God. We will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Okay? So it's all right, you know, king, we really don't care to get and get into this. 
We're not going to get into a big discussion. Okay. But, but he goes on to say though, that, 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 that if it be so, our God will deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Do you have enough strong conviction in you to know that if you don't go along with the program, and if there is some sort of a consequence that you wind up being thrust in the midst of, that God will deliver you from it. Are you firm enough, strong enough, bold enough in your belief to say that whatever comes down the pike for us, whatever comes down the pike for us, whatever decisions man makes that we know is contrary to the will of God and contrary to the word of God, which of course is God's will, then are you strong enough in your faith and in your conviction to know that whatever it is, God's going to bring me through. God will protect me. Okay. But I'm not going to bow down to that image. Okay. I'm not going to go along with the program just for the sake of going along with the program. Okay. Because I know that God will bring us through. Well, the, I, the way things are possibly heading, I don't know what the, what the, uh, uh, uh what lies before us, what the world brings in, 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 in terms of, uh, in, in terms of, uh, of morality, uh, uh, practicing our Christian faith. I mean, there are all sorts of such crazy things going on here. Uh, but, but in, in your heart of hearts, are you committed enough to God to know that if you decide not to go along with the program, because it's contrary to the word and the will of God, that whatever happens, God will be there for you. Okay. That's what you have to ask yourself. Okay. All right. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. He was mad at that answer. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was to be heated. Okay. Really prepare. All right. That's it. That's it. I'm going to throw him in the fire. I'm going to throw him in the fire. Okay. So he's deciding here to move forward. He's calling their bluff. Okay. You're not going to bow down and worship me. Okay. Then I'm going to fix you. You're going to suffer the consequences. Verse number 20 goes on to say, and he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats their hosen and their hats and their, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, it was in haste, okay, and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? They were so in a, such a hurry, you know, to, to carry out the king's wishes to throw them in the furnace that I don't know whether they just tripped and stumbled themselves or whatever, but it goes on, it says, it says that the, uh, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse number 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. All right? Can you imagine that? Okay, they fell down. The Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He said, didn't we, didn't, we, didn't we throw three men into the fire? He's looking, you know. Then he says, the Nebuchadnezzar uh, says, he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose. I see four men loose. They threw in three, but Nebuchadnezzar is seeing four. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. 
They're walking around in the fire, four men walking around in the middle of this hot, fiery furnace, and there's no hurt going on. They're not being hurt in any sort of way. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Okay. The same way the Son of God was with these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jesus will be with you. Jesus will be with us if we are thrown into the, quote unquote, the midst of the fiery furnace. Obviously, we won't be thrown into any sort of a fiery furnace, but those things could come onto us in terms of, 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 of life changes, rules changes, laws changes, whatever, whatever could come up that could make life really miserable for here in this country, in your country, wherever you are, in your city or in your state. In other words, wherever the state of affairs may be, wherever you live. If things really become so hot in, t- in terms of, 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 of just jeopardizing your children, your wife, your kids, your husband and, and your family and the way you think and believe, whatever that could be as payback for you not giving in to rules and mandates and laws that man is coming up with that would be counter to the word of God. If any dire consequences would come up like that, Jesus will be with us. We have to be as strong and as confident as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to know that if I stick to my guns and I decide that I'm going to follow God's word at every cost, at any cost, that God will be there with me to take me through any consequences that they may throw my way. Whatever that might be, God will be with us. Okay? Okay. We we can't simply go along to get along. Okay? All right, all right, all right. Shortages on the food shelves, you know, gas prices are high. All of these things, things, things that that, that are that are going on. It, it, it's almost ripe time for someone to say, if you have this pass to show, when you go to the gas station, you get a lower price. If you have this pass to show when you go into the grocery store, you'll find the foods that you need. If you have this mark, if you have this mark on your hand or on your forehead. You'll be able to buy and sell. You won't have any problems in life. We have to start preparing ourselves and thinking that how bold and how strong are we actually going to be? Okay. Now, I'm not saying that tribulation is upon us. I'm not saying that that is going to happen, but I'm, I mean, tomorrow, I'm not saying that at all, but the word of God says that eventually things, that is where things are going. What I'm saying is that you need to prepare your mindset and your heart set right now to be able to strongly and firmly say that I'm not going to do anything or say anything or behave in any manner that is contrary to the word of God. Okay. So how bold are you? How bold are you? Okay. All righty. I'm quote unquote young enough. (laughs) I'm quote unquote young enough to remember the gas shortage in the seventies. And I remember being in my car and before I would leave home, looking at the calendar, looking at what day of the week is this? What date rather is it? Because the, the, the rules that were set up then that you could only get gas if the last digit of your license plate was an odd or even number matching up with that particular day. So if this was, you know, the fourth of the fourth day of the month, it was the fourth. Then that means you could only get gas on the day that the last digit of your license plate was an even number. Gas lines were blocks long. Tempers were flaring up and so forth. And that's when, as a matter of fact, someone invented uh, invented the uh, locking gas cap because gas was being stolen left and right. Okay, I remember those. And it was not comfortable at all. Okay, so if things could get that way or even get worse and say that there is some other requirement, but you have to you, you have to say, I'm not a Christian. Or at worst case, you have to denounce Jesus. 
If you don't give in to this mandate, if you don't bow down and worship the image, how bold and strong are you going to be? Right. I'm saying to you that you stick to your guns. You do what God calls you to do. You call it. You do it. God, what, what Holy Spirit instructs you to do. And no matter what you're put through, Jesus will be there with you. If you don't have that knowledge and that belief and that faith deep and deep, deep, deep within your spirit, then you're going to wind up giving in. There'll be something that'll come down the pike and you'll wind up giving in. You have to be strong to believe that Jesus will be there with you. Amen. So he goes on to say, um, uh, verse 25 again, he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the fourth, a form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar, verse 26, came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most high God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. They walked out of the fire. They walked out of the circumstance. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair on their hair singed, head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. The fire didn't touch them. They went through all of that and they were, were unfazed, untouched by the fire in that furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Underline that, please. Delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Is that you? Could that be you? Amen. Amen. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Through all of that, God was glorified. He had this heathen, this pagan king. Now he's acknowledging the fact that God is indeed God. And anyone that worships anyone else, he said, shall be cut into pieces. All right. All right. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Out of that all came promotion, came promotion. OK. All right. So the same way God will God will, will, will protect us. He'll walk us through the situation. He'll bring us through unscathed if we decide to stick to stick, stick to his word, stick to his will and worship only him and not bow down to the whims of the ruling class. Amen. 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 And even he, God will be glorified. Saint, I say to you today that God will indeed be glorified with all that is going on in this country, in your country, in your city, in your state, your province, wherever you're living. God will indeed be glorified. We just have to make sure that we are prepared to stand strong and to stand bold. One of Satan's greatest uh, deceptions is that we can put our hopes in the hands of politicians and government officials for positive change and godly living in our world, all right? A nation's hope for change is not to be found in the hands of any country's ruling class of man. 
Okay. Hope for change cannot be found there. The church's unique God-given purpose and mission lies not in changing the nation through political reform, but in changing hearts through the word of God. Okay. That's where our focus should be. Changing the hearts. Okay. Changing the hearts. Our Christian mandate is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to pray and preach against the sins of our time. That's what we have to do. Only as the hearts of individuals in a culture are changed by Jesus will the culture begin to reflect the change. Let me say that again. Only as the hearts of individuals in a culture are changed by Jesus will that culture begin to reflect the change. This is what needs to be done. This is where our prayers should be daily for our leaders, for those, for those that are making decisions. We need to pray that their hearts are indeed changed. Okay. We need to pray. Believers throughout the ages have lived and have even flourished under antagonistic pagan governments. This was especially true of the first century believers who sustained their faith under intense cultural and religious stress. Those were terrible times back then, okay? But because of the faith that they had in God, that God brought them through. And more importantly, they understood that as believers, their hope resided in the protection that only God can afford, that only God can give, that only God can supply. The same thing holds true for us today. We have to understand as believers that our only hope resides in God. We can't look to man to solve our problems. When we follow the teachings of the scriptures, we become the light of the world as God has intended for us to be. Matthew 5, 16. Political entities are not the savior of the world. We are the salt and light of this world. The salvation is all uh, for all mankind has been manifested in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that saves, the only one. He's the only one that can save us from what is going on today. He's the only one that can save us for whatever may be coming down the pike for tomorrow. God knew that our world needed saving long before man started forming any kind of governments. God knew that man needed to be saved. That's why he sent his only begotten son. That was the whole story of the cross and his crucifixion and resurrection. Amen. Amen. That was the whole point. God demonstrated to the world that redemption could not be accomplished through the power of men, through economic strength, through military might, or through politics. He demonstrated that. He said the only way it could be become about salvation and, and being saved is through Jesus Christ. Peace of mind, contentment, hope, and joy, and the salvation of mankind are provided only through Jesus' death and resurrection. All right. So in closing, let me just say that we need to obey laws, yeah, and policies and so on like that, as long as they are not contradicting God's word. Okay? All right. So again, this point of the, the, the point of this message today again is one not to be political, but it's simply to deal with our way of life, what we see going on around us. There's not one person out there, the believer or unbeliever, that doesn't see that there's so much change going on, and not all change going on is favorable. But many times we put our directions towards to, to, towards men, looking to looking to them for solutions. We need to look to God for solutions. Again, pray for those that are in so-called authority, that they will start thinking and believing and following the unction of Holy Spirit. There are many good leaders that are indeed out there. Indeed, there are. There are many good leaders out there. We need to make sure and pray and ask the Lord, ask Holy Spirit, oh, Lord God, how should my actions be guided? 
How should my prayers be guided? This is another reason why it's important for us to be aware of what is going on in the world, because it helps us to focus and direct our prayers in the right directions. Amen. Amen. So we are not to be living, you know, totally divorcing ourselves from what is going around in in current events, because we are very much in this world today and now. And God put us here to be an influence, to have some influence in in, in terms of the direction of, of, of the world around us. Okay, in your local locale, your state, your county, your country. Amen. Amen. So be bold and be strong. And just remember that wherever and whenever you commit yourself to to God's uh, protection, knowing that God will be there, then you will find that you'll have much less stress. You'll have much more peace in your life. And you'll be able to enjoy regardless of what may be going on around you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, and if it was, uh, send your link, our link to uh, someone that you know, and www.genesis1.sermon.net. If you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified when these messages become available uh, on YouTube, you know, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we still have our free apps for Android and Apple devices, uh, free of charge. All of this is free of charge. You can also download these messages, uh, the video or the audio only portion you can download. Uh, and, and they're there. They're there for you to, to, to play back in your car, play back at work. You know, you know, I oftentimes when I go shopping with my wife and she's in the ladies section going on and on, and I know that I'll be there for the next two weeks. <laughs> you know, I will, I will pull out my phone and put in my earphones and I'll listen to the word, listen to the word while I'm waiting. Okay. So the point there is that avail yourself of these messages, send them on to others that are around you, you know, and I pray that, that, that all will be blessed who hear these messages. Okay. And, and, and remember that, that, that God is in charge. And we will be okay if we just remember that, all right? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through the balance of the day or night and the week ahead of us, O Lord God, until next time, that that we shall remember these words, O Lord God. We shall keep these words deeply, deeply planted in our spirit so that these words cannot be stolen away by the evil one when he comes our way to try to rob us of remembering your words, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, we just praise you. We know that you are in charge. Give us strength. Give us supernatural faith. Let us always remember to bind up that spirit of doubt, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Let us focus on you and on you alone, because we know, we know, we know that you are there to protect us. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy name. We give it all to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, go forth and be blessed. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to